Hi, my name's Chris, and this is season three of My Life, and welcome to it, Seeking God's Face. Guess who? Yes, I'm back. It's been a while. It's been a long while. It was the beginning of Lent, I think, the last time I, I talked to you guys. This has been percolating in my mind for a while, and I want to thank my friend Brad for poking and prodding me to get back on track and create another podcast episode. Um... Like I said, this has been burning for a while, and hopefully I've got something that's worthwhile saying. It's always why I, 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 I hesitate to record anything, because oftentimes I <clears throat> don't think I've got that much to say. Anyway, today is Sunday. It is uh, June the 19th, and it's a trifecta in a way. It's Father's Day. It's Juneteenth, where we commemorate the Declaration of uh, Emancipation for African Americans, uh, the slaves uh, in Galveston, Texas, back in the 1800s, and for many, Roman Catholics especially, today is Corpus Christi, or the, where we celebrate the uh, body and blood of Jesus Christ. A trifecta. And I, this topic that I'm going to bring up sort of fits some of it. Um, and hopefully when we, as we wind down what's going on, um, I'm going to bring in some of the, some Corpus Christi stuff. Anyway, twice now, a certain thing has been mentioned to me, uh, One was in the form of a question, and one was in the form of a statement. And they both basically said, one one asked the question, did Jesus commit suicide? And the other one was in the form of a statement saying Jesus committed suicide. So it came up in, in, the second one was in context of a discussion on suicide that I was having with um, four other guys. I was the youngest in the group, and it was a very great differing of opinion um, as to whether or not that was someone's uh, right to choose, and therefore we should not interfere, or whether or not we should intervene and maybe present other options. And uh, then all of a sudden, this one person said, well, Jesus committed suicide. And that's not a a unique question or statement or thought. Um, I wrote down, hang on, where's my notes? You know what? Actually, I went and created some topics to cover. So I think I'm going to start doing more regular episodes. Um, But... 
This one's called, Did Jesus Commit Suicide? And I wanted to point us all to uh, scripture uh, in uh, St. John's account of the life of Jesus. It's in chapter 8. And chapter 8 is the woman caught in adultery. Okay? And then he starts, then Jesus starts talking about, and he says, I am the light of the world. Um, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And as they continue talking, one of the things that Jesus ends up saying is, um, I am going away, and you will look for me, but you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said to him, He is not going to kill himself, is he? Because he said, Where I am going, you cannot come. And I looked at a couple of different translations of this verse. Um, the word kill, is definitely that's the word. Um, but some have translated as, He's not suicidal, is he? Or, you know, is he going to commit suicide? Or, or that sort of thing. And... It's a, you know, it's an honest question, I think. You know, Jesus, uh, if you read the story of his life, um, his goal was to die on the cross. That was his goal. He kept talking about it over and over again. And yet, did he commit suicide? So we have to take a look at a couple of things. Number one is, what is suicide? How do we understand suicide? Is it simply... The taking of one's life? Um, you know, for people who are ill or for whatever reason want to terminate their lives, it's called assisted suicide because they're taking their lives. But what's behind the suicide? Why, you know, I mean, it's hard to, you can never actually talk to a person after they've committed suicide because they're not there to ask. But I wonder how often suicide occurs because for one reason or another um, the person has decided that they're just done with life. Um, it's too hard or um, they're stuck in something and they don't see a way out. Um or they're just tired. They're just tired, you know. And they punch their ticket. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus had a different motivation going on. But let's look at something else. You know, we have something called cop, uh, uh, suicide by cop, right? Where the individual does not for whatever reason, want to commit suicide personally, but will put them in a, themselves in a situation where the cops will kill them. Okay. Well, did Jesus do that? It kind of looks that way, doesn't it? I mean, he did a bunch of stuff that last week of his life, and they rounded up the Romans and and they arrested him. Sort of like Jesus orchestrated that whole thing himself. Uh, and so, 
was that suicide by Roman soldier? <laughs> I don't know what. No, it's not. We'll get into that in a minute. When someone is a soldier, they go to war, and they die. They lose their life. We don't consider that suicide. Now, they, they, they know full well that they're putting themselves in harm's way. They know full well that there's a chance that they will lose their life. Is that suicidal thinking? That's not how we approach it. We talk about it as they made the greatest sacrifice. And that word's going to come up. And I think that's a word that we don't fully understand these days. When a firefighter rushes into a burning building to save someone and in the process loses their life, do we say they were suicidal? No. We say they made the ultimate sacrifice. They gave up their lives on behalf of someone else. That's pretty much how it is with anybody who puts themselves in harm's way for someone. They're not suicidal. I don't, don't even think they, you know, they don't want to die. I'm sure they don't want to die. But there's a higher calling for them. Jesus said that there's no greater love than this, that a person lays down their life for a friend. That's kind of where we're going to be going with this. And the idea of sacrifice. Sacrifice just doesn't seem right to our so-called modern sensibilities. But the concept of sacrifice was very prominent in the old world 2,000 years ago and before. And what transpires between God and humanity is called a covenant. And the covenants of Scripture, the covenants going all the way back into the ancient Hebrew history as recorded in the scriptures was always sealed in sacrifice. And that sacrifice entailed blood. It was the idea that life is in the blood. The blood was life. You lose your blood, you die. That's true. You know... You look all the way back and the covenant with Abraham was sealed in blood. The covenant with with Noah there were sacrifices involved. Covenant with Moses sacrifices were involved. There's the story of where and you know, it's kind of gruesome when you think about it. Um, you know, after they sacrificed the cattle he dipped a brush or whatever in the blood and sprinkled it, sprinkled it on the altar and then sprinkled the people with the blood also. That, you know, it's just so contrary to our way of thinking these days. We don't get it. Um, you know, and I don't know that they, that they have facilities to wash up afterwards or they just let it sit there. You know, we're concerned about blood-borne diseases these days. I don't know. It's just something that's really foreign to us. And so it's hard for us to understand what was going on. 
One of the greatest sacrifices that we know and remember from the, our Jewish histories is the Passover, where a lamb was sacrificed, slaughtered, and the blood was put on the doorposts by the people of Israel that were living in the land of Egypt. It was the last of Pharaoh's, of Egypt's plagues, the very last one, and it was the death of the firstborn. God told Moses, who told Pharaoh, that he, God, would send the angel of death and kill the firstborn of people, animals, you name it, all firstborn. And then he told Moses, now here's what you do. You know, you, you for one, you kill, kill the lamb, take the blood, put it on your doorposts, and then the angel of, of death will uh, pass over your house. That's where you get the term Passover. <clears throat> so, here we've got Jesus. And the story of Jesus is very much part of that Passover mystery. John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus at the River Jordan, said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I don't know if you can hear it, but the, there's a, a Russian Orthodox church which is about half a block away, and I can hear the bells in my headphones. It's just kind of nice. Anyway. Um, the Last Supper was, by all accounts, Mark, Matthew, um, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all place the Lord's Supper as a Passover meal. The difference is John's story, um, but it's still in the context of, a, of the Passover when you read it. It's just not a Passover meal. But Jesus was declaring that he is the lamb that was slain so that the angel of death would pass over our house. So there's a thing called the scapegoat. The scapegoat. And the scapegoat in there were two, basically. One was taken in and sacrificed. The other one was, was, was set free. So here's how it went. The high priest would take all the sins of Israel and place them on the head of the scapegoat. The scapegoat would then be led out into the desert. So the scapegoat carried the sins of the nation of Israel. But it was, an, it was something they had to do all the time. Not all the time, but I mean once a year. <clears throat> Same thing with the Passover meal. That was a remembrance of that one occurrence back in, in Israel when they were set free. So Jesus comes along and Jesus is both our Passover lamb and he is the scapegoat lamb 
he offers himself as a sacrifice to his father on our behalf. And when we read the letter to the Hebrews, we don't know who wrote it, but it was someone who was very familiar with Jewish tradition of the first century. And he juxtaposes... I'm going to sneeze, hang on. All right, we get it. That sneeze out. The author of Hebrews juxtaposes what Jesus did as a once-for-all event in contrast to what the high priest would do annually. Jesus, as people came to know, was both God and man. He was divine and human. And that's a whole topic all in itself. The hypostatic union, how does it actually work? What does that mean? But here's the important part. Because he was both divine and human, the sacrifice that is offered up is total and complete. Never to be done again. As we believe and enter into that covenant with God made in the blood, we are A, shielded from death, and B, our sins are not counted against us. The new covenant, I mean, one of the things that Jesus says is, is this is the cup of my blood, the cup of the new covenant. It's a new covenant. And we ratify that covenant every time we celebrate the liturgy of the Mass in partaking of that body and blood of Christ, which today we celebrate most fervently. Jesus offered himself to his Father as a sacrifice on our behalf. That was why he came here. That was the whole point of the Incarnation. To form a new covenant. Prophesied in Jeremiah, by the way. Forming a new covenant with humanity. But a covenant takes two parties. Right? And so we have to enter into that covenant with God. With Christ as the mediator. Jesus is the mediator. So Jesus was a sacrifice, not a suicide. This is why he came. Understanding this, for me, took a while. Understanding what happens in the liturgy took a while. 
and it's still taking a while. I mean, I went. I entered the Catholic Church in 2007, and it is now 2022, and I'm still learning stuff about the liturgy and the Mass and my role in it. You know, we can think about the people of Israel being set free from the land of Egypt. And there's an old uh, gospel spiritual that my people go, which is what Moses said to Pharaoh, right? But this is what this is what our brothers and sisters who were enslaved were saying to our country, let my people go. And by law, they were emancipated. We are still as a country working through our history and learning what it means to embrace people equally and honestly with dignity and respect. Someone once shared that when you are used to privilege, equality feels like oppression. And and that's something that I think that we all need to take a good look at. In our country. So, anyway, that's my thoughts for today. Um, Did Jesus commit suicide? No. He was a sacrifice. And here's, here's here's another little tidbit that's different when a human being dies whether it's natural causes or an accident or a suicide that's it right the story's over that life is over as it manifested on earth and as we are in contact with it do I believe in an afterlife yes can I prove there's an afterlife Probably not. But Jesus did not stay dead. That's my faith. Jesus rose from the dead and then, in a physical body, by the way, (laughs) I know it's crazy, then ascended bodily into heaven where he sits at the right hand of the Father. Now that's all metaphorical imagery to understand what's going on because personally I think it's there's no chair, there's no God's right hand. God doesn't have a right hand. God doesn't, you know, Jesus has a body. God is bodiless. Anyway, he rose from the dead. And he knew he was going to rise from the dead. Um, so, that's different from someone who is terminating their life. Very different. So I can say without a doubt, Jesus did not commit suicide. And not just my opinion, but objectively. Objectively. I think we could say 
he did not commit suicide. Then looking at what he was and what happened was it was a sacrifice. So I think I've uh, made that point enough times. Um, anyway, I thought I'd just get that off my off my chest here. It's um, it's been an interesting few days for me. Um, I've had some reminders as to how human I am and um, how many faults I have still to work through and grow into, grow past. That's life, right? That's life. And it's good because we're so good, or I'm so good. You know what? Let me just put it this way. I'll make it personal. I'm good, and I live by myself, right? I'm really good at self-deception as to where I'm at as a person and the virtues and qualities that I that I strive to attain. And then every once in a while we get a reality check from someone that, hmm, maybe how I'm perceived isn't exactly how I think I'm portraying myself. And then you get a wake-up call that says, hmm, okay, I've got some adjusting to do. So that's what my life's been like the last few days. And that's good. It's okay. Uh, It's not pleasant. It's not happy times. But it's the way it is. So I'm getting some text messages on my phone here, which I should have silenced, but I didn't. (laughs) Anyhow, I expect maybe to do some more uh, episodes. Um, I've got some topics. Hang on. Let me just read these topics off. I mean, who cares really, but... um, what is church? One or many? <clears throat> Protestant versus Catholic reformer? Clericalism? A series on prayer? Um, why do I stay? I've got criticisms. If you know me, I've got a real critical side. I've got plenty of criticisms in regards to the Catholic Church. So why do I stay? That's a great question. So those are some ideas. For, the, for future episodes. So hopefully they won't be so far between. Maybe I'll do one a month or something just to stay frisky, right? So thank you for listening, my little diatribe. Um, I don't know if it made any sense, but it, it's been burning in my mind for a good month anyway. And um, I'm glad I was able to share it and get it out there. All right, so until next time, uh, be well, be happy, be blessed, which can sometimes be the same as happy, be safe, and I'll, uh, I'll talk with you soon. This podcast is being hosted by Anchor.fm and can be found on your favorite source for podcasts. The artwork for My Life and Welcome to It is by Dave Edwards. Season 3's theme music is After All Has Changed by Humans Win, formerly Lance Conrad. If you are enjoying my adventure, you can support me by going to buymeacoffee.com slash M-L-A-W-T-I. 1% of all donations goes to Stripe Climate to combat climate change. You can find a list of their projects at stripe.com. 
Each episode of Season 3, Seeking God's Face, will appear on a random schedule. I really enjoy bringing you along on this journey called life. You can always email me at mlawti101 at gmail.com or you can leave me a voice message at anchor.fm. So until we meet again, be safe, be well, be happy, and God bless.